I'm reviewing here! Ooh, hola chicas! This is a Spanish-themed episode today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watches and reviews Sight and Sound's top greatest Jewish movies of all time. Tiempo. Time. I love Spanish. It's a Spanish movie today. That's why I'm, I'm you know, uh, peeing my pants a little bit because I love the Spanish language so much. You know, when I was uh, in middle school, you know, you had to pick one language. You had to pick Spanish or French. I first picked Spanish, and then a month in to school, I was like, I like it. I want to do French instead. And I went to this – I made my mom go to the school board or whatever, and they let me switch from Spanish to French going into seventh grade. Yeah, big deal. I was the talk of the town. I mean, everyone made fun of me. Everyone thought I was a stupid loser because they were like, what, what, why would you do that? That's dumb. I was like, because I like French more. Oh, Peggy, you don't have to spit in my face. And I remember, too, I'll never forget, uh, it was, like, the last day of sixth grade. Uh, yeah, and I paused for a second because I freaking hated sixth grade, like, with all my might. But, yeah, my mom and I were walking back to the car, and the French teacher was there. She no longer works there, but I remember, like, I ran up and was like, Hi, I'm Matt. Uh, I just want you to know uh, I switched over to French, and I'm going to, you know, be taking the language now. And all she said was, very good, nice job. <laughs> and she went to her car. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, then I like, I still love Spanish. And I remember when I got to high school, you could do two languages. So I did French and Spanish. But anyway, I'm horrible at Spanish. I can't roll my R's. I can't do it. That's literally the sound I make when I try to roll my R's. How's everybody doing? Is everybody good? I am trying to do my taxes. Happy tax season. Also known as happy murder me season. I hate taxes. I hate doing this. I hate doing it. 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 Especially on a Sunday. Sundays are already horrendous and crappy. And like, I just have to do this. You know, I have to do it. And I couldn't even finish it today because of uh, an error that I got to figure out and I can't figure it out right now. And I'm just in no headspace I'm, I, to, to try and figure it out right now so got to extend it longer it's so annoying taxes like I still to this day I just feel dumb I still cannot do taxes by myself I always have to have someone assist me with it I mean I still like have trouble with it for the longest time I thought a 1099 was a type of dance move legit I thought like when you went out to clubs it was like yeah I'm gonna go do the 1099 that'll attract some girls you know like I thought that's what it was 1099 form are you kidding I didn't, what, where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in any of that? It's horrible. Guys, I also have big news to announce. Um, I'm going to have a baby. Yeah, it's true. No, um, I'm not seeing anyone. No, I didn't get a girl pregnant. And no, I'm not adopting. I'm actually going to, uh, get pregnant myself. Yeah, it's possible. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger in that movie Junior, you know, when he has a baby. That's me. I'm going to have a baby that way too. How does he have a baby again in that movie? Does he have it anally? Or is it a, a an E-section? What do they, what's a C-section? I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, that'd be really cool. No, I'm just kidding. I'm screwing with you all. I'm chaining your yank. Yanking your chain. I'm being really annoying today. Because why not? It's my podcast. I can be really annoying if I want to. 
yeah, things are things are just bizarre right now, and I'm moving out of my place right now. So my my uh, apartment right now looks incredibly like depressing and full, and and uh, I feel like there's something like hiding in one of the boxes, like an animal, like maybe a raccoon or like a little demon. I mean, I don't want any. I would kind of like it if it was a ghost because I would just love to finally see a ghost to say that I've seen a ghost, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Wow. Where has the time gone in this episode? And I got to get my notes up. Sorry, just a sec. Ugh, where did it go? Oh, here it is. I go because um, stupid Microsoft Word like deleted everything um, without, you know, telling me, so, earlier today I did that, and then, you know, I can't even find the document now, because, because of all these goddamn tax documents and forms and everything, sweet Jesus. Today, guys, we're, uh, going to be reviewing a very special movie, uh, this is a documentary, first documentary, I think, on the podcast, uh, you know, I've reviewed movies that are, you know, kind of like mockumentaries, movies that are cinema verité, which I don't want to get into. I just listened to two episodes ago and I talk about what that means. But um, yeah, this is the first documentary. It's also a pretty kind of newish movie. It came out in 2010, which is really old, I know. But, you know, it's not that old. I mean, I was born in 19... 2002. No, I was. I swear I really was. I was. Yeah, I was born in 2002. Today, we're going to be reviewing a movie called Nostalgia for the Light. Nuestro planeta húmedo tiene una sola mancha marrón donde no existe ningún grado de humedad. Es el inmenso desierto de Atacama. Envueltos por el polvo estelar, los científicos de todo el mundo construyeron aquí los más grandes telescopios de la Tierra. La ciencia se enamoró del cielo de Chile. Al final eso es, digamos, o sea, encontrar el origen del ser humano, del planeta y del sistema solar. Y, eh, entonces, ¿de dónde venimos? Una pregunta muy fuerte. Que ojalá los telescopios no miraran solo al cielo sino que pudieran traspasar la Tierra para poderlos ubicar. Durante 17 años, Pinochet asesinó y enterró los cuerpos de miles de prisioneros políticos. Las mujeres que buscan a sus muertos eh, exigen respuesta de los, que la, de los que hicieron desaparecer a sus muertos. Los que tienen memoria son capaces de vivir en el frágil tiempo presente. Los que no la tienen, no viven en ninguna parte. ¡Mierda! <laughs> so I just, I've just always wanted to say that on a podcast. Yeah, it's all in Spanish. Sorry. I, 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 well, no, I'm not sorry. You know what? Learn Spanish, okay? If you didn't understand that trailer, not my problem. You probably just skipped over it, too, which you can always do. But uh, anyway, 
Nostalgia for the Light. Now, I'm surprised I'd never heard of this because this movie, as I said, came out in 2010. I was in college in 2010. Uh, in 2010, I was a freshman going into, well, it depends when this movie came out. Yeah, I, beginning of 2010, I was a freshman. September onwards, obviously, that's how it works. Sorry, this is like a, I'm treating you guys like you're idiots. Uh, that's, um, that's not my intention. You know, September onward, uh, sophomore into junior year. So I don't know what month this came out, um, but it did premiere at the Cannes Film Festival that year. And I'm surprised because, you know, in college, I went to the movies all the time. All the time. Mostly by myself. You know, I used to go with my best friend a lot, but, you know, like the indies and everything, like, not everyone always wanted to go to them. So I would always, like... I kid you not, every week, sometimes right after class, hop on that dirty train and go right into Old City, Philadelphia and go see as many indie, cool-looking movies as I possibly could. Um, I, will, I, I do want to say something. Everyone, stop stigmatizing like going to the movies by yourself. Because for a long time, like I feel like people were like, you go by yourself? Oh, that's stupid. It's not stupid. What's wrong with going to the movies by yourself? I did it the other day. I saw Scream 6 by myself. Could have asked people, but I didn't want to wait that long. I just wanted to go see it immediately. It's fine. It's no big deal. Oh, I wish I saved it, but I, well, I could probably find it. But, you know, I remember taking a picture right after I graduated college of, it was, I, I, I kept all of the movie tickets from the start of college to the end of college, I kept all of them. And there's a pic of me holding them. And it's like art. It's like a Jackson Pollock. No, not him. I'm getting my artist mixed up. It's like an Edgar Monet. Like if he was holding movie tickets. No, Edgar Degas. Shit. What are all these artists? I haven't been to the art museum in a while. I love art history, by the way. I friggin' love art history. It's so good. Anyway, um, yeah, I never saw this movie, though, in college. I never went and saw it. And I even, like, did a lot of research about it. Like, on Rotten Tomatoes, it doesn't have a lot of reviews. Uh, a lot of critic reviews. These critics, I didn't even recognize their names. You know, Roger Ebert didn't review it, at least to my knowledge. I couldn't find any review of, of him. From him, I mean. It is a very... I liked it. I liked it. Uh, did I love it? No. But I did like it. I, I think, I don't think I totally understood it, uh, which doesn't make the movie bad. I felt the editing in the movie, I mean, it was like a tiny, tiny, teeny weeny flaw. Overall, I was very moved by it. Um, but it's kind of, you know, there. I'm going to get into this. You know, there's there's meant to be a correlation between two big themes in this movie. This movie is kind of like two movies in one, and there's supposed to be a correlation between the two. And did I understand that correlation? Not exactly. Not totally. Kind of did. But um, I don't know. You know, like I've been thinking about it a lot, and I don't know if I totally got it. So what is this movie? What's it about? So this is, like I said, it's a Spanish, like like I've said for like the 50th time now, I'm sorry. It is a Spanish movie. It's a Chilean movie. Chilean, I love that word. Sometimes I wish I was Chilean just so I could say, hi, I'm at Bussy and I'm Chilean. Oh, it's such a cool word. Uh, it was written and directed by Patricio Guzman. Guzman? Guzman. Uh, I'm just going to say Guzman. Um, 
yeah, it's a documentary. It it is a it's a very poetic, visually poetic kind of film. You know, um, now I know visual poetry, art, artistic, experimental cinema. Sometimes you know that freaks people out. This isn't an artsy film. I I wouldn't say that. Uh, definitely not. I think that it's it's poetic in that the narration of the film is just so beautifully done. You know, Patricio narrates the whole film, and it's beautiful. I just want to quickly, before I get into what the movie's about, you know, this is uh, one of the lines from the movie. Hold on. <laughs> just had a cough burp a little bit. Cough burp. Boff. Burp. Cough. Okay. I am convinced. I didn't. Okay. Here's a quote from the movie. I am convinced that memory has a gravitational force. It is constantly attracting us. Those who have a memory are able to live in the fragile present moment. Those who have none don't live anywhere. Each night, slowly and passively, the center of the galaxy passes over Santiago. Mommy don't know daddy's getting hot at the body shop doing something unholy. Just kidding. That's not part of the line. Yeah, but you know, that's... um, that's just one line from the movie, and that's just, you know, right away, that's like, wow, this Guzman guy, he is a real poet. He knows how to write. Much better than I do. I've told you a lot about every time I've written something, like poetry or a story in film class, people either think I'm talking about sex or sex, or, you know, when that's not what I'm trying to do at all, sometimes. So what's this movie about? Okay. It's set in Chile. It revolves around, there's a desert in uh, Chile called the Atacama Desert. Now this desert, um, it's a condemned land permeated with salt where human remains are mummified and objects are frozen in time. What does that mean? So this movie is, it it touches a little bit on politics. Hold on. Okay. Well, wait, hold on. Zip it. Let's start from the very, very get-go. You see, I'm screwing this up already. This is a bit of a hard movie to describe. The first half of this movie, you know, I've said that this is kind of like two movies in one. Okay, the first half of this movie is about astronomy. Like, that's really what it's all about. And I got a little bored, I have to admit. Um, astronomy's good. I think it's really cool. I It's very important. I took one astronomy class in college and it was really cool. I think I got a B minus on absolutely everything. And I remember this one kid in class who would like sleep and snore out loud in the front of the road during class as this poor teacher was talking. But, you know, this whole movie though, or not the whole movie, well, yeah, the whole movie, but mainly the first half, you know, Guzman is just obsessed with astronomy. I mean, the movie opens up with this huge telescope and then it's intercut with these gorgeous pictures of the moon. And then, you know, there are these shots of dust and debris and stars and everything kind of like floating in the air. Now, dust, debris, and stars, they're all totally different. You'll get in, I'll, I'll tell you why dust and debris, you know, comes into this a little bit. But, you know, Guzman, he loves this. He is obsessed with it. And he's really fascinated with the past you know, without getting too religious, which is a good thing about this movie. Like he's not, you know, Guzman is not 
trying to pound down our throats like, okay, God is real. God exists up there. And this is a movie about God and his religion. No, it's not a movie about religion. I wouldn't say that. He's, he's trying to understand the origin of man. Now, okay, you can take that religiously. You can take the Darwinian approach, but he's not really trying to make a big argument about that. You know, I don't even think that the word, the the word God is used once in this movie. He is obsessed with where we came from. You know, there was the big bang, but how did that happen? We came from the big bang, but like spiritually, like our souls, you know, where does the soul come from? You know? He kind of, he explores that a lot. And I think that's really fascinating because I do think about that a lot. You know, I, I call myself a religious person. I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to get into religion because I just, I'm too early in this podcast to have people unsubscribe. But, um, you know, Guzman, yeah, the first half of this movie, you know, he, he's, it's it's all, I, I didn't really understand it because it was like all about the telescopes and the telescopes and the sky and astronomy. And, you know, it, it's very, it's very heavy. It, it starts off a lot heavier than I thought it would be. And, you know, Guzman, he interviews a bunch of astronomers and, and they talk about the origins of man and where they think we came from. And, you know, there's a quote that I love that one uh, subject in the movie says where he's a scientist, I think. And he says, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that science is never resolved. And that's really true. That's kind of like, it, it is like a misconception when people think, oh, in the history books, you know, science solved that and it solved that. Science is never like done. We're still solving new things, you know? We are. So that's pretty fascinating. Now, okay. The movie, and it's a short movie. It's only like an hour and a half. That's like the first half of the movie. The second half of the movie Guzman kind of shifts a little bit and he really, you know, magnifies this desert that I briefly mentioned, the Atacama Desert, uh, which is in, um, it, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, uh, west of the Andes Mountains and it's a huge desert, huge, huge, huge desert. And you think at first, oh, it's just a desert. It looks very scary. Deserts scare the crap out of me. I don't, yeah, don't, <laughs> um, they're beautiful, but yeah, I don't ever want to. I would go to a desert with a lot of people and there has there there has there has to be like buildings in the desert but no I'm not like I I can't do that that's just a huge fear of mine snakes getting sand in my shoes getting horribly sunburnt ugh So what's what's the thing about this desert why is he so obsessed with it so got to get really dark for a second there was a dictator in Chile Chile from 1973 to 1990. His name was Augusto Jose Ramon Pinochet. Pinochet, yeah. And he was a dictator. He Need I say more? He was a dictator. He was a dictator. Yeah, there's a reason why that word is called dictator. <laughs> I mean, like, for real. It's, he, yeah. Um, in uh, the desert... In the Atacama Desert, there is this little um, part in the desert that the director, you know, really hones in on. And it is the ruins of Chacabuco. What was Chacabuco? It was the biggest concentration camp of Pinochet's dictatorship. Yeah. CC. Concentration camp. You heard that right. And 
The movie does not really dive into the history. Like I said, it's not really a political movie. Did I say that already? I may have. I don't know. It's not really a political movie. It doesn't talk about Pinochet's history or anything like that. But you don't even need to know it. You just need to know, okay, he was a dictator and a lot of people got killed. It's estimated that 30,000 people were tortured under the dictatorship. And in Chacabuco, the ruins of this camper's still there and, and spe- specifically, you know, this mining shaft, mining, uh, not shaft. What's like the place where you mine? Like, what's that called? Yeah. M- miners, you know, M-I-N-E-R-S, miners, not the other, I don't know why I thought about that. Oh, I know why I thought about that because in Galaxy Quest, there's a joke about that, miners versus miners, and it's not funny. It has nothing to do with this. Sort of does because they're both like, they have to do with space, but um, no, they're very different. So this desert, uh, what does this have to do with the first half of the movie where Guzman was like, you know, I love the sky and astronomy and where we all came from. Because also, you know, he also, in the beginning, you know, in this desert, there are a lot of ruins and archaeological, you know, findings from years and years and years and years and years ago from pre-Columbian shepherds, literally, more specifically, that is. You know, they are scattered throughout the desert. So we see this incredible footage of these rocks and there were like drawings from, you know, I'm really bad at years, 1300 BCE, BC, like those times, you know, that's fascinating. That really is fascinating. I've been fascinated by archaeology ever since two things, Jurassic Park and the episode of Arthur when Buster and, and Arthur steal a dinosaur footprint when they go to the zoo, is it? Or the dinosaur museum? I forget. Arthur, this is a footprint. Buster. Good old Buster. Um, the desert, though. Sorry. Lost track. I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about a happier movie than... Happier, happier program than this. Yeah, Nostalgia for the Light. Look, this is... Um, this gets really heavy, like, all of a sudden. And, um, you know a little warning ahead. So, you know, Pinochet, during his dictatorship, he killed people, you know, mercilessly, and he would bury the bodies um, of these people, you know, at Chacabuco in the desert. And then what he did is he would dig them up again and remove them, like throw them in the sea to basically hide the evidence, which, I mean, he's an idiot. People are still, people still know that you killed people. I don't know why you would do that. But, you know, he did that because he didn't want, you know, his enemies to come and find out what he was really doing. And something very fascinating and, and I mean, heartbreaking happens in this movie. We see these widows. We see these women who go to this desert and they dig. They try to find the remains of of their loved ones who were killed under this regime. <sighs> yeah. It's horrible. And these women, you know, they break down in these interviews. They talk about how they do this because they just need closure. You know? They need closure. Anyone needs closure. Anyone who knows someone who was close to them that was murdered and, like, the person was never fine, they need closure. Why do you think, you know... Unsolved Mysteries, like the show Unsolved Mysteries, and all these true crime podcasts, like people like them so much. It's because it feels good. It feels good not hearing about the crime. No, not that. It feels good to hear about what happens at the end when these assholes get caught and are, you know, there is justice. 
it's like this huge weight is lifted off your shoulder. And that's a really, really fascinating thing in this movie. It's also a very gut-wrenching, like, smack in the face, though. I mean, there's one moment where this woman, oh my god, she basically says, Yes, I, I found my brother, um, but I found bits of him. I, brown his, I found his foot, I found the left side of his skull... Uh, we found that there was a bit behind his ear with a bullet mark, so he'd been shot, you know, in the face. And then he's, she says one thing that is just so disturbing. She says, you know, our final moment was when his foot was at my house. I just rested my forehead against my microphone. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. Like, I had the chills watching this movie. I, you know, this part of the movie, I really had the chills because you also, you know, you see these women scattered throughout this huge plateau and they're just digging. They're just looking, you know, and this woman too. I mean, she says this, like when she found her brother's foot, she was heartbroken, of course, but again, she felt good. She, she felt like at least I, you know, I got to have that last little moment with him, even if he was already dead, you know, it's like, she, I know now, okay, he was killed. He was killed, you know, and, uh, I know that now. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's a very, uh, I think that this movie has a power to it in that sense. Now, why didn't I love it? Well, here's the thing. I, 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 I keep saying using the word correlation. I couldn't really make out the correlation between these two big parts in the in the movie. You know, astronomy, the stars, where we came from, the universe, the endless universe, and this these these people, you know, trying to find closure and trying to find the remains of their loved ones because this you know moron killed a bunch of them in this desert. And Guzman, you know, he does touch on also how there were actual people in this camp that were into astronomy as well. And they like would look into the skies too while they were imprisoned. I mean, what does that say? I thought about that a lot. I think, you know, here's my two cents on it. And I don't even know if this is a quote from, oh no, it's not a quote from the movie because I use dot, dot, dot. If you use dot, 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 it means it's my own opinion. I wrote astronomy, dot, 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 dot makes people feel like nothing really comes to an end, you know, because it's endless. Not astronomy, but, you know, the sky, the stars, the universe, it's endless. Even when things die, you know, supernova, zoom, 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 and my heart go boom. Sorry, I had to do that. Um, even, what was I saying? Yes, supernova, you know, like even when stars explode, it's like there are other stars that come in. Wait, when a star explodes, is it like reborn? I didn't do my research on that. I'm sorry. I got sidetracked by the Xenon song. Um, I've got to listen to that after this now. Damn it. Oh, I got so sidetracked. Damn it. No, but nothing really comes, nothing really feels like it comes to an end, which I think is a satisfying thing. I think that's what Guzman, at least that's my interpretation of, of what he's trying to do with making a movie like this, you know, because it does seem like they're two very different movies. I think that these women, you know, it's not just about the closure. It's about kind of like the comfort, you know, it's this comfort in knowing that the their loved ones, you know, are gone, 
but maybe they're not exactly. I'm not talking about ghosts. I'm talking more spiritually. I'm talking about, you know, their souls. May I just said souls really weird. The souls are maybe they're like out in the universe somewhere, you know, in the celestial world. And we just can't see it. That's a really, you know, I love learning about that stuff. I Because I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that, you know. Not to sound hokey, but I'm the type of person that feels like in any place that you visit, if there's been a tragedy, you feel the pain there, you know. You feel it. When I went to Anne Frank's house uh, in 2019, I felt the pain. Walking up to that one room and you see actual writing on the wall that she and her siblings had made. I mean, it's bone chilling. It's like, oh my God, oh, this is horrible because you know what happened to her. You you, you feel it, you know? And, and I think like the important thing is that it's like why people turn to religion. But again, this isn't a movie about religion. I think in this case... We turn, Guzman at least, and you know, all the subjects in this movie, they turn to the universe. The universe all in itself, just the universe, all of it. The endless, endless, infinitesimal, did I use that word? I don't think I've ever used that out loud. The universe, you know, it's endless. And I think people, when they've experienced tragedy or they've, they've lost someone, they like to go to the skies to go, you know, they're out there somewhere. They are. We just can't see it. We can feel them around us, but we can't see them. You know, I think that's kind of the hopeful thing about nostalgia for the... Oh, excuse me. Nostalgia for the light. It really... Sorry, I had an itch in my ear. It's a very spiritual movie. It talks a lot about um, what happens when we die. What happened before we got here. You know? Science versus religion. Uh... Uh, heartbreak, you know, um, pain, uh, all these things, all these things. That's a fascinating movie. It really is. Uh, I, I said a little thing about the editing. I thought the editing was a teeny bit wonky and flawed. I, I think there are a few bits near the end of the movie where Guzman could have cut down on the fake looking twinkly stars that, you know, appear on screen, like, around the subjects that are being interviewed. It was a little overdone, but not horribly. Didn't ruin the movie at all. I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. For a movie that I had never heard of, for a director I'd never heard of, I was I was very, very um, moved by this. I mean, look at me. I'm, I don't think I've made a joke in like a solid minute. <laughs> it, it, it really, you know, this movie, I think, the subject matter is, you know, I didn't even say too. You see real clips of actual bodies that were found in Chacabuco. Actual bodies, like literally mummified bodies of people. I mean, it gives, it's it's like, you know, if you go to uh, Mount Vesuvius and like you see the bodies, you know, in the, uh, the ash, you know, th this is much more graphic and much more... It makes you much angrier, too, at least, too, you know, because, I mean, the Mount Vesuvius, that was just a natural disaster. Well, there's probably more to it that I don't know about. I've never been in Italy. I don't know. Did the people in Mount Vesuvius, like, did, like, the town, like, did they know that the volcano was coming or not? Like, did the governor or whatever, was he like, oh, it's coming, but chill, just get back to your jobs. I got to go have um, 
some grapes, you know, was that what happened? I don't know. I got to read more about that. But you, I, I think, you know, Guzman has, has really, you know, he's disturbed, but amazed me in this movie. He showed me, you know, how he's reminded me how in the universe, I mean, not, not in the universe on this planet, you know, we decay. We, the human physical body, we decay. But what happens to our souls? What happens to our celestial beings? Where do they go? Do we fly to the sky? Or are we just gone forever? <laughs> I remember one time I was at a wedding and I, I said that to a friend of mine. I was like, what happens when we die? And he got very mad. He just went, nothing. Nothing happens. We're gone. It's dead. Boom. I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. You know, this movie, uh, there are topics in this movie that, you know, if I made this movie sound like it's too heavy and too much, it requires you to think too much. It, it does. It does. Uh, it, it And again, like I said, the first half of the movie, I was very confused. I didn't really know what Guzman was trying to say. And I still don't totally know if I grasp it, but... It's gorgeously filmed. It's, you know, this is a topic, you know, this this um, dictator, I'm not even going to say his name, he doesn't even deserve a name. I mean, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about this camp in the desert. I didn't know that, you know, widows were, were doing this, you know, women and were, were going to do this. It, it's something that is very universal, you know, what these women are doing. It's something that's very relatable. I just wanted to like hug every woman in this movie that's doing this. It's just horrible. Losing someone you love is horrible, but losing someone who was murdered because some dick with a tiny penis just was like, I hate everyone. You're going to pay for what I'm doing or you're going to die. I'm just sick to death of dictators. Just like enough already for God's sake. Anyway, I think that's kind of it. You guys, I would recommend this movie a lot. Um, I would, Yes, it's it's heavy. It it's very sad, but like I said, it's also very hopeful. I think it's a very um it, it's it's not a religious movie either. I know I've said that a million times already, but it's not. You know, if you hate religion, it, this movie isn't telling you God exists. Believe in God. No, it doesn't say that at all. I think even atheistic people, and unless they're just incredibly cynical and and pessimistic, you know, they 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 also have these thoughts. What happens when we die? I'm, talking, I'm not talking about heaven or hell or anything like that. No, just what happens when we die. What happens? Because you talk to a lot of people who either are religious or aren't. And, you know, when they go to... They always say... I feel, you know, my mother or my brother or whatever. I feel them around me, you know? Not Casper the Friendly Ghost, like a ghost. No, I just feel them around me. You know, like, that's what they say. Well, what? Do, and I've I've even, like... I, I see that, like, I try to look further into what they mean by, what do you mean that you feel them? And it's like, I don't know, I just feel their, it's hard to explain, I just feel them. I feel their energy around me. I feel, like, their good mood or their happy mood, you know? Yeah. Oh, now I want to go watch, like, a Haunted House movie. No, 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 this is not a scary movie. This is not a movie about ghosts, guys. Nostalgia for the Light came out in 2010. Really solid documentary. I would highly recommend it. Uh, this movie is available on Canopy. Canopy, with a K, is this really cool streaming site if you have a library card. 
I use my mom's. I actually do go to the library here in Philly, but it didn't work. So um, I used my uh, mother's library card. But Canopy, they have a lot of really obscure movies on there. The next movie I'm reviewing, I also watched on Canopy. Definitely check it out. Also, go to your library. Go support your libraries. Do not read books on those little digital things. Audibles? No. What are they called? E-read? E-read. E-read should be forbidden. If you read a book on your iPad or whatever, you should be in jail. Harsh? I don't think I'm being harsh enough. No, I'm just kidding. No, guys, please don't do that. Go, go, come on, go read a book the traditional way. You, you can do it, all right? Yeah, but Canopy, you can watch this movie. Um, yeah, this was a heavy one. I hope that the next movie is a little brighter. I don't know if we've had, like, a bright movie yet. I guess we kind of did with a Canterbury Tale. I didn't really like that one, though. I don't know, you know, people love heavy movies. Directors love it, and people love it. I hope you're all enjoying this podcast. It's been so much fun, and it is... I'm making it sound like it's ending. It's going to continue to be fun, and you should still listen. Rate, listen, subscribe, leave a comment, tell everyone you know about it. I'm reviewing here. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Please rate. Do whatever you want. Tell everyone about it. Um, If you work for a newspaper, please put it front page. No, you don't have to do that. That costs a lot of money. And, you know, with my taxes, I'm going to be broke by the next episode. So anyway, that's all, everybody. Have a good life. And um, yeah, don't be a dictator, please. Okay. Okay, cool. Bye.